Today on Locked On Canadians, let's talk about our Arbor Jack Eye feelings. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 932. This episode is brought to you by BirdDogs.com. Go to BirdDogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and today I am not joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla, who has the night off. And I am doing this podcast solo. It is a Friday the 13th podcast. Um, hopefully nothing goes wrong on the recording. Um, and uh, obviously on Saturday night, which is two nights from the time that I'm recording this, uh, Connor Bedard will be able to... We'll be able to see Connor Bedard in action against the Montreal Canadiens. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of hype. I'm excited to watch him, but I'm not sure what to expect because Chicago is not a great team. Um, This is kind of my impromptu game preview. I think we saw a lot from the Kirby Doc line, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the mailbag as well. Um, I'm very excited to see them. In the next game, um, and obviously Nick Suzuki didn't have as phenomenal a game as we expected from him in the first one against the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, but it's not the end of the world because we will, you know, if he's Nick Suzuki, he'll be fine. He'll be very aggressive. He'll be quietly intense and aggressive, and everything's going to be okay. But I do want to talk a little bit about Arbor Jacki. We got a couple of questions in the mailbag about Arbor Jacki. And also, he's kind of dominated the conversation since that Leafs game. It seems like Leafs fans are filling their diapers about Arbor Jacki, very much like any opposing, any fan of the opposing team of the Habs would be. Uh, there is a lot of noise about the whole Ryan Reeves thing, all of that. Um, and it brings me to our first mailbag question which is from our good friend, Adam Yu. And the question is, why does an Arbor Jack guy get the credit that he deserves? So this question didn't really come from qualifiers. So I'm going to look at it from two ways. One doesn't get the credit he deserves from maybe within uh, our community and then with from the outside of our community. So obviously as fans of opposing teams, Leafs fans, Sense fans, Bruins fans, you know, all the annoying ones, um, tend to see Arbor Jacki as mostly a goon and somebody who's out to get their their team players, who's out to injure, who's out to fight, and isn't really uh, valuable on the ice, or, or he he doesn't have that much value on the ice. And us as Habs fans have seen this differently, obviously. Like he was a great story as an undrafted player. He was known prior to making the NHL. He was known for being a little bit too much of not a hothead but he would never back down from a fight um but he has skill right so a lot of the times when you have a player like that who's known to be tough who's known to have that ability to to really goon it up but has skill you really th- find them to be more valuable on the ice and you don't want them to take themselves out of the game 
Um, and so I think he did have a little bit of a reputation like that prior to making the NHL and anybody who had watched him closely. We had a lot of listeners, a lot of friends that we interact with in the community who had watched him closely and said, this guy's going to surprise you. He's not just a goon. He has the ability to rein it in, to control it and to be just a useful defenseman with no other qualifiers. That toughness doesn't necessarily always have to come into the equation. I think though, the problem is that reputation kind of has turned into a le- not a lazy trope in the media. Like, I don't think that, you know, it was invented or like they keep harping on that, but they don't give him the credit that he deserves because they see him more as uh, a tough kind of a physical player, but not really one necessarily to be counted on in defensive situations, which I think is obviously something where it was very much like, you know, like if a player is an up and coming player and, for whatever reason, they wear like brightly colored skates this one time. They get known as somebody who like is style over substance, too flashy, not conforming to the game. And then forever, no matter what, if everything they do right for the rest of their NHL career is, you know, correct and exactly conforms to that NHL boring box, they're still going to be labeled somebody who's too flashy or too, you know, too style over substance, all of that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like there's something about, there's something along that line going on with the Arbor Jack Eye narratives that we are used to seeing. Um, and that, Adam, is why he does not get the credit that he deserves. But I, for one, um, am very here for Arbor Jack Eye. I'm here for how angry he makes Ottawa Senators fans. I'm here for how angry he makes Leafs fans. I'm here for how angry he seems to have made Ryan Reeves. Uh, I also echo um, my co-host sentiment where we don't have to always make this about the whole Ryan Reeves thing. Um, I think it is a little bit overblown, but like I said, Leafs fans love to fill their diapers over this. I'm not going to like spend too much time on them. All of this to say is that Arbor Jacki has had a very eventful start to the season. I'm here for it. I love him. He's one of my favorites. And we do have another question from Adam Yu. Maybe this will just be the Adam Yu segment. Um, who are the Canadians' smartest players? Could you share whatever insights you have? So what we hear about the NHL players in general are from people who kind of cover them for a living. So it really depends on how you look at it, right? Like they don't, they're not friends with them personally. They are in the dressing room and players have a very vested interest in putting their best foot forward. Um, around media guys obviously or scouts Um, and those are the people that we know right like we don't know they're like spouses we don't know other players that can tell us about them Um, we don't know things like that and for the most part you know that players have to kind of really appear to be professional and smart and kind with media people Um, and what we have heard um, is that some people are not necessarily, you know, not not smart or unintelligent, but aren't necessarily uh, forthcoming, forthcoming and friendly. Like they don't provide any more information or any superfluous words in a conversation with a media member than what is absolutely strictly necessary. So I would argue that those players are probably the smarter ones. <laughs> They're not necessarily could be seen as being dull or uninteresting or unintelligent. Um, if you're talking about on the ice, uh, I feel like Jordan Harris is definitely one of them. I also think off the ice, he's one of them. Mike Matheson seems to be pretty smart. 
Uh, definitely, definitely. I think David Savard is probably really smart. He does have a very kind, um, sort of sensitive persona um, off the ice. And he's kind of like a little bit of a nerd, but in a good way um, that I know. Uh, I've heard from many, many people. Um, and I've heard very, very good things about Paul Byron. He's not a player anymore. I like to think that Nick Suzuki is the smartest player on the ice uh, or sorry, on the roster. Um, but I think that might, there might be a little bit of bias there uh, in terms of who's not super smart. Um, I'm not going to share that. <laughs> um, I've heard a lot about a certain prospect from scouts that he's not very intelligent. I'm going to leave that up to everybody's imagination uh, you can kind of figure that out uh, for yourself. But I'm trying to think who else is there that's smart. I think Carey Price was often thought of as not very smart because he didn't do any talking. But I think he's definitely one of those people. He's in town, by the way. He and his family are in town. I'm not sure why. Um, but um, he uh, he's. I, th I think he's one of those people that like really, really does not show his personality in any way but he's probably quietly extremely extremely smart um and then i think somebody who isn't very he doesn't who doesn't hide it very often he's not necessarily an intellectual but he doesn't seem to be ashamed of it in any way is brendan gallagher he's just like out there he's like this is who i am uh i'm going to spell things incorrectly and I'm not going to be very cerebral. I'm just going to be a little bit of a hothead sometimes. And I think that's that's as far as I'm going to go in terms of negative comments. But thank you for your questions, Adam. We always really, really appreciate them. Um, and obviously, I thank all of our listeners. If you ever want to send in a mailbag question, you can send it to us at lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave it in the YouTube comments. Just put mailbag question at the beginning of the question just so that we know uh, that is what you want from us. So there are a couple more questions that I have um, coming up from our listeners. Um, we're going to talk about the dock, the dock line and what their potential is on um, the Montreal Canadiens uh, in the M Montreal Canadiens future. Also, when is it time to go out there and get one of those star players um, for, you know, uh, for a cup run? We'll talk about that in just one moment. But first, I would like to tell you about bird dogs. This episode is brought to you by bird dogs. And what are they? They are shorts or pants that are the most comfortable, the most stylish pants that you have ever tried. Trust me on this. I have seen them in action. They are so comfy. Um, you can, you know, you can use them to garden. You can use them to like you know, take out the trash or whatever, but they look so good that you can actually go out on the town in these pants or shorts. They're so, so, so comfortable. It's literally like wearing, you know, like workout pants, but like they look like going out pants and they have shorts, they have pants, they've got all kinds of items on there. And I'm so jealous because, you know, I got to tell you, I'm pretty salty about this. Everybody in the network got a pair they, we got plenty of pairs actually um and i gave mine to my brother-in-law because obviously i couldn't wear them but you know all, all the guy hosts are talking about how comfortable they are how stylish they are and i gotta tell you i'm super super jealous and you instead of being jealous like me should try and get your hands on a pair just go to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl or you can use the promo code locked on nhl and you'll get a free bird dogs water bottle with any purchase that's birddogs.com slash locked on nhl 
or you can use the promo code locked on NHL and it's a free water bottle with any purchase. And I promise you, you won't want to take these bird dogs off. I really, really, really do. All right, so it's time for some more questions. And we've got some questions from our good friend, um, Doghouse. And so we'll talk a little bit about, like, this is kind of like a longer sort of question. It's more of a philosophical kind of thing. So um, if you guys remember on the Players' Tri Tribune, Tyler Toffoli uh, wrote this article when the Canadians, well, I think they were about to get into the Stanley Cup final at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he talked about being with the Habs after having won a cup with the Kings and how long he waited for his chance. Um, and then uh, this is this is Bird Dog's question. Since it is so difficult for some players, such as Drouin, to play in a tough market like Montreal, I'm scratching my head about why the Habs would let Toffoli get away. I guess my question is, under what circumstances did he leave? Was it about money, cap space, a great trade? I just do not remember. So this is the first part of his question. And if I remember correctly, um, it was at the very beginning of trade deadline season that year after Kent Hughes took over. And I think the first thing that he was probably tasked with when he got this job was to try and sell and get assets back. And the assets that, that he was tasked with getting back are either prospects or picks. I think that at that moment in time, to answer uh, the question, he was the one player that probably provided the most uh, potential value at the time on the market um, that belonged to the Canadians that Kent Hughes was willing to part with, right? Like he wasn't going to trade away Cole Caulfield. He wasn't going to trade away Nick Suzuki. He wasn't going to be able to trade you know, somebody who's injured like Carey Price or something like that, because we still know if Carey Price is coming back or not. Remember, there was that whole question mark. So at that moment in time, the most, the, the player who represented the potential to bring back the highest return was Tyler Toffoli. And he also didn't want to wait until all the other GMs had secured their trade deadline rentals or who had secured their like the players like that they want in their future. Remember, Tyler Toffoli was also under contract for a while and he had a really economical contract. He was producing um, really well in comparison to uh, what he was making. I believe he still had two years left after that, that, that after the end of that year um, when he was traded. So he represented really just like a really high value trade piece. That's why he was traded. Um, I don't necessarily know if the return, knowing what later Kent Hughes would get for a player like Ben Sherratt, for example, I don't necessarily know if that return was the best possible one he was going to get for Tyler Toffoli. Maybe he did pull the trigger too early. Um, but that's essentially what happened is, is not because he was going to be too old to be part of the Canadian's contending core that's not even like we're not even close to that right yet right so Tyler Toffoli was going to be too old to be useful that was the moment where he was still going to be useful he's still pretty young you know and you know Kent Hughes just took advantage of the situation and tried to maximize the return which again I'm not too too fussed about right now Emil Heinemann is proving to be much better than Calgary fans said he was at the time of the trade. So um, I'm willing to continue to be patient with him. You know, we're just having conversations right now about whether or not he should be in the NHL or not. So I haven't given up on him just yet. Obviously picks, blah, blah, blah. It's very valuable. <laughs> but that was, I think, the right time that Kent Hughes saw 
to trade Tyler Toffoli, that was the reason. And so the next um, question is, in general, when will it be time for the Habs to go out and get a proven player such as Toffoli to help the younger players make that next step? After they make the playoffs for the first time, the year after they fall short of winning a conference or a cup, or maybe two to three seasons from now. So I think you're kind of on the right track. Like, I think they need to make the playoffs first, and we need to see how they play in that environment against that kind of competition. So, because I'm assuming that when the Canadians do eventually make the cup, uh, make the playoffs, it's going to be as a wild card or, you know, that third seed or sorry, that third, you know, in the, in the division. Um, so they're going to end up playing a team that is higher ranked over the course of the regular season, probably more ready, probably with more experience, probably with more skill at that time. Um, so that's when the Canadians will really see how, whether or not they're built for playoffs, whether or not, like, I mean, they could be eliminated in the first round. They could even also not make the playoffs at that point. Like they could come really close, but you can tell, like there's a moment that, you know, we're seeing the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they're going to be playing the Canadians on Saturday night. There's going to be a moment where you're going to see a young team and you're going to be able to tell this team can do some serious damage in a couple of years. Once you see that, whether they come close to making the playoffs or they make it and they get eliminated for the first time, you know, in the first round for the first time that they've been back um, to the playoffs, there's going to be a moment where you look at the team and you're going to go, all right, this core is really on track to do something special. We saw that with the Kings. We saw that with the Chicago Blackhawks and for all of their faults. And again, I don't want to emulate the off ice of either of those two organizations. I think it's really, really important not to, um, but the on ice product, like when you look at it, like we all saw it with the Chicago Blackhawks young core back then, there's going to be a moment and then you're going to see, okay, then it's time to get a Toffoli type player. A real interesting question will be two to three years from now, Who's that player going to be? Like, I really am going to be interested to see. Like, we don't know. Is it going to take three years? Is it going to be two years? However long it takes. So um, another, this is more of an observation. Um, I understand that for French Canadian players, it can be much more of a microscope, which may explain, which may explain why Drouin was stalling here. But there must be other Canadian players, U.S. international players that cannot take the focus of the city on the team. This is true. Like, it's not an easy market to play in. And I don't know if for Durant, it was whether or not he was French Canadian. I think it was because he was hyped the way he was, um, where he was picked in the draft. Remember, I believe he was a third overall, if I'm not mistaken, by Tampa. Where he was picked, who he was traded for, the hype that was surrounding him, it was always going to be impossible for Durant. Like, it had a little bit to do with the fact that he was one of the only French Canadian players on the team. So there was definitely more of more pressure on him to be a star, but it was also just like all the hype around him, what he was traded for, like all of it came together. And it's true. There's going to be Canadian players or us players or international players that won't be able to take the focus of playing in Montreal. Um, it is kind of a microscope. And I did uh, want to mention as well, this is Doghouse's other comment, Montembeau, Seems the per seems to have the perfect demeanor to handle playing here, especially tough for a Habs goalie. I think so. I think Montembeau has a great attitude, but I also think Jake Allen has a great attitude, right? And speaking of goalies, we do have a goalie question coming. We've got so many questions. I thought I wasn't going to have enough for this episode, but we've got a goalie question, and that's coming up. 
in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. As the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. There are so many scenarios. Choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more. You heard me. It is 100 times the payouts on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right on daily, daily fantasy hockey so you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See, Sleeper's terms are used for details. All right, we are now at the end of our mailbag. Well, not the end. We've got um, a few more questions left. This is the final segment of our mailbag. Um, And so we've got, uh, like, really quick, um, we've got a question from, uh, again, Doghouse. And this wasn't really a question. It is, like, um, he had asked about uh, what we were going to do for our 100th episode. And we said we were going to get a special guest. Um, and he had some guesses. He said, I pray it's not Gary, Gary Bettman, but I, if it is, I hope you're tough with him. Uh, it is not. So uh, I will say that at least one of these people is a guest that we do have on the list of the people we're trying to get. And then there's one really important one um, that does not feature in this list. Um but I encourage all of you guys to try and guess. So this is Doghouse's guest. Carrie Price, Michael Farber, Elliot Friedman, Larry Robinson, uh, David Mulder, who's the uh, former doctor of the Montreal Canadiens who recently retired, Saku Koivu, Scotty Bowman, anyone of uh, your family or friends or Scott's family of friends that you knew when you were growing up. Um, and then two throw-ins, Yuppie or uh, my uncle Peter, who knows more about the Habs history than anyone I know. So at least one of those people is somebody that we're trying to get for our 1000th episode. And then there's one really glaring one that does not appear on that list at all. Uh, but those are some really good guesses. And I encourage all of you guys to try and guess. Also, put us in touch with all these people if you know them. Uh, maybe we'll have them all. Um, so this is a totally different question from Grant. After watching the comeback win on Monday night's game, so this would be the preseason, I can't help but feel probably too optimistic. Seeing Marner and Matthews tandem against Caulfield and Suzuki has me wondering... Could Caulfield and Suzuki be as good as Matthews and Marner one day, or am I just dreaming? Also, it pays me to say that Leaf players are better than the Habs currently. All the best, Grant. So, you're not wrong. The Leafs players are better than the Habs currently. Um, I think it is a little bit optimistic uh, to think that Caulfield and Suzuki could be as good as Matthews and Marner. But that doesn't mean... It's the end of the world. It doesn't mean they suck. I just think that Matthews and Marner have unique talents. um, And they're in a level like just above, right? Like, so like you've got, you've got your star players, you've got superstar players, and then you've got super, super elite players. And I think they're in that high, high, high range. And the Montreal Canadiens currently don't have people that are like that. And I think Caulfield and Suzuki, if they were ever to acquire talent at the level of Marner and, um, and Matthews, Caulfield and Suzuki would become your second line. Um, but like, I think it's, it's not, it's not too optimistic to think that they'll improve and become really valuable. It's a little optimistic to think that they will become that good. 
Uh, but I really appreciate the question because it's so nice to have players where you can even think that that could be a possibility. It's been a while since Habs fans have had that. Um, and then finally, we've got, this is a, our final YouTube question. We've got a couple of Twitter questions to get through. Um, I think about 75 points this year is possible. What are your thoughts? So this was in response to us talking about how many points, like in our predictions episode, how many points we thought that the Habs might get this year. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could get 75 points. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think, you know, we want to see them get that, like, take steps ahead, right? So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I, I think it is entirely possible. Um, but I did want to focus on a couple of Twitter questions before uh, closing this episode. We've got a question from uh, Jay. In your opinions, what goalie do you trade at this point? Allen, Montembo, or Primo? And what's the lowest trade you take for them? So I said I'd trade Primo. <laughs> um, but a lot of listeners took issues with that. I think Allen is probably the one that will probably fetch the highest return for a team looking for a backup. Um, what's the lowest trade you take for them? The market right now is probably not great for a goalie. I don't think it's going to improve unless all of a sudden all goalies get injured and teams get really desperate for teams that are headed to the playoffs um, seem really desperate. Like, honestly, I would want a serviceable pick for one of the goalies. Um, we've got one from Kirby Doc, number one fan. Am I the only one that sees the Doc line as the future number one line? I think the fact that that's even a question is such a luxury because we saw in the first game, at this point, we've only had one game, but we've seen the dock line do some serious damage and we've seen them come together and click. It's been really exciting. It's been really interesting. It's much better than we thought they would be. Uh, it's very exciting to see. So it is possible that they become the first line. I don't care who they play on the first line, but the fact that like the Canadians after having, you know, the, the opposing team's best defensive matchups against that whoever the top line is whether it's Suzuki Caulfield line or whether it's the Kirby Doc line there's another line that's like right there at that level um not against the the, the opponent's best defensive players like I think that's such a luxury to have it's so exciting it could be the number one line of the future we don't know they could you know mix and match these players but I I was very excited by what I saw I'm not gonna lie <laughs> um so that's a great question. So we've got a question from our good friend Ryan. Um, what other Quebecois expressions should Nick Suzuki pick up in his next French lesson? And this comes from a video that I think David Savard and Nick Suzuki were in. And it's an ad for, I believe, Diet Pepsi or Pepsi Zero. I can't remember. Um, but I want to see Nick Suzuki start throwing out Quebecois swearing expressions in the interviews. Um in the press scrums after, you know, let's say the Canadians have a call that doesn't go their way. Like after he tries to score a goal and he misses or like, you know, it gets saved or whatever. I want to see him launch a paragraph or of Quebecois swear words. I think it would be so funny, but he has to get the accent right as well. He can't do it in his like Ontario French. Um, and finally, this question comes from our nemesis. What old tiny phrase do you wish was more commonly used today? Mine is kick rocks. So I have to think about this one for a second because there's so many old timey um, expressions that are kind of still used today. Um, 
is malarkey an expression or is it just a word like that's a load of malarkey like i think i hope that doesn't have like negative social connotations i have no idea i don't know the history behind it um but that's what i would like or like no i think that's it i think i think i think that's the expression so please yell at me if this has negative connotations in any way uh but that is how i'm going to close this mailbag uh, i want to thank everybody for their mailbag questions i want to you know remind everyone that we are here for you five days a week scott's going to be back next week um we do have a three up and three down every monday we do have game recaps for every game we have game previews sometimes unless something more interesting is going on and we cover all the news and notes so please make sure you are subscribed to, to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts as well as on youtube tell your friends subscribe leave reviews you can find us on social media or at lo underscore canadians um, and you can find me at the Active Stick everywhere. You can find Scott at the Scott at, at Scott Matla, not at the Scott at Scott Matla everywhere. Again, if you want to leave mailbag questions, lockedoncanadians at gmail.com or in the YouTube comments, just put mailbag question at the beginning or just mailbag, just so that we know that it's a mailbag question, not a comment in response to a video or you know, you're starting a discussion with your fellow listeners. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week.